you, Lord. We're going to look at Ephesians 1, and you know where I'm going there, don't you? Mm-hmm. It's where mm-hmm. Paul prays for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to be beyond the people that he's preaching you, preaching to. Mm. I mean, I'll get over here too. I get over here in the King James as well. I always like to have that in close by. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is a prayer. We've said this before from Ephesians 1 and verse 14 or 15. Ephesians 1. 15. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 15. <laughs> Woo! See, you got to know what that means. That means we're celebrating the word of God. We're honoring the word of God. Yes. Right? So there you go. You did it. Thank you. It was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Thanks, Joanne. <laughs> Because of this, since I first heard about your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your tender love towards all his devoted ones, my heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you as I constantly remember you in my prayers. So what makes him constantly remember? The tender love that the body of Christ has towards all God's devoted ones. The tender love towards all his devoted ones. Paul was impressed with that. He was impressed. I pray, he said, that the Father of glory... Now listen carefully when I'm speaking. I know we've... we've spoken out these verses before but you know it the passion translation kind of goes deeper than in the king james and just it just kind of washes over you you know it's amazing how i'm sure that's what they've prayed since they called it the passion translation that when people read it that they will feel that you know anointing is really what it is I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. Oh, you got it. Oh, I thank you. That you, to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. Well, now, we could all say, if I said, does anybody here know God? Then you'd all put up your hands. But there's a knowing. <laughs> there's another level of knowing God. And it's not religious. You know, it's not because we said 25 confessions or because, you know, we have, we see God in the throne, he's on the throne and, you know, and he's got our, his, our lives in his hands. <laughs> it's a bit 
awe-inspiring, isn't it? When you know someone's got their li- your lives in their hands. You don't want to make them mad. That's what Gary was doing drugs, you know, back in the day, and he, he got saved, and then, and, you know, and then he tore up the Bible <laughs> because it seemed like God wasn't listening or have, hearing his prayers or whatever. And so five minutes after that, a thought came to him. Well, if there's anybody I don't want to tick off, it's God. <laughs> he had enough people ticked off at him as it was. So he sewed it back together. He had pages ripped out of his Bible, and he took a needle and thread and sewed it back together. I mean, that was a humbling experience. But you know what? It did show God. That was a very intimate thing that he did. He was, he was saying, oh, my gosh, this is the word of God. It's the word of God. We just, you know, it's just the Bible to us, a book, going throw it on the coffee table, not look at it again until next Sunday when you go to church. You know, see, but that word has to be more than a word on a page. <laughs> it's how you get to know him. I mean, people out there in the world, they... They diss God. They, they just say, you know, I mean, just the rules and regulations kind of thing. And, you know, the first track I ever got was on a ski lift. <laughs> this young guy, he had the most beautiful smile. He had the whitest teeth. Maybe he was an angel. I don't know. But anyway, he sat next to me on the chairlift. I, I couldn't get away. <laughs> it's a good place to witness. <laughs> You either jump off or you listen to what they're saying, right? (laughs) And you know what the first thing he asked me was? And he was just friendly, you know, bop, bop, bop. Are you a Christian? I said, um, no one ever asked me that before. No one ever asked me that question. I said, well, I'm an Anglican. been there in 15 years, but, you know, that's where I started. <laughs> well, my family was Anglican, so I guess I was, God had grandchildren, you know. I went to church with my parents. I was thinking about it the other day. I just loved going to church. I don't know why I just loved it. I didn't, there was nothing spiritual about it. I just liked being there. So anyway, I'm going to lose my place. Anyway, so flooding your light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. Hallelujah. I might go off on bunny trails there. I ask you to forgive me right now. <laughs> and I might not remember where I went, but <laughs> we'll come around to it. I'll get back to it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the ski. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to tell you the guy. I don't want you to be stuck there. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, as it was getting off. Anyway, I don't know if, even if he witnessed to me very much, you know, but I can't remember. That's all I remember about that. But getting off the chair, he handed me a track. You know, in a time when people used to hand out tracks to everybody, that was the, that was the best way to witness, hand out a track. <laughs> anyway, so I just put it in my pocket, you know, and went up, went down the ski slope, got on the chair. And, of course, you're sitting in the chair. Now I'm by myself. I'm like, oh. Okay, I'll read the track. <laughs> and it was the White Throne Judgment track. <laughs> I don't know if you ever got one of those. 
God sitting on the throne. He was this old gentleman with a long white beard. He looked so wise and everything. And anyway, so he was, you know, he was casting out his, you know, uh, accusing gestures to people. <laughs> you did this, 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 and this, and da, 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 da. Anyway, so I kind of didn't, I didn't understand it all that much, but I mean, that was really what I always knew of God. That's who he was, you know? He was the big schoolmaster with the big stick. <laughs> anyway, so when I got, when I got back, to the room, I gave it to my husband. That wasn't Gary. That was before Gary. And he read it, and he threw it in the trash. And I said, okay. <laughs> and you know what? I, 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 never, I never saw that guy again. I never started going to church. I never did anything. But you know, it was a way along the way. God had his eye on me. He had his eye on me. And, and I never even thought about it then, you know, but... Then after I got saved and my life progressed, and then I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and it was the first thing that came back in my mind. I was the first person who ever in my whole life witnessed to me. And I thought, you know, he probably never thought about me again. I don't know. Maybe he prayed for me. Maybe he's still praying for me. That's maybe the reason I'm here today. <laughs> he's still praying for me. But anyways, you know, I'm saying it's like not anything that you do for God, anything that you say for God, any seed that you deposit into somebody else about the goodness of God and, and you know, how great he is, how great is our God, you know? How great, how great is our God. And, you know, he isn't, this isn't our stopping. This is just like the place to get saved. This is the getting filled station, the filling station. <laughs> so that's why we have to keep it, even though you feel like, well, I'm not doing anything, you know. But that's up to you. You can do as much as you'd like. You can go and start a church if you want to. I mean, that's what we did. <laughs> we knew nothing. <laughs> We tried to go to Bible school. That didn't work. We tried to go to Ramah. We sold, we had our house on the market, you know, and we thought we had it sold. And so we were making, like, auctioned off. Oh, I had a bunch of antique furniture, auctioned it all off. And uh, I don't know where it is now, somewhere in the province, I guess. I have no idea. But anyway, we were selling everything we had, and we were going to Ramah. But our house didn't sell, so we couldn't go. So the church had a going away party for us, but we didn't go. <laughs> Six months later, we were still sitting there. Weren't you going to go to Bible school? <laughs> and it's a good thing they, they gave us an offering because we didn't have jobs either. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we started the church. And a few people came to our house and, you know, I mean, it grew. It took a while. It took a while. I mean, if you knew some of the places, you some probably any of you. I mean, you knew, did you ever see the one on, on uh, you know? Yeah, you weren't in that. So nobody here has been with us on that journey from day one. <laughs> but you will see. <laughs> Everything that ever happened to us, we had to get use, use our faith for. 
You know, there was always more month than money at the end of the month. <laughs> we never had enough money. We didn't own a house. <laughs> we were leasing a car. <laughs> no, I think the one we had first, Lloyd Tinder gave it to us. Remember Lloyd's, what was that, a master? A master, a great master. I mean, you know, when if you looked at us then and you look at us now and you see all of the before, 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 and then in the middle there was this great, big, huge, I mean, what? <laughs> Are we really here? Is this really happening to us, this wonderful thing? You know, from when we bought the building on 110 Thorn Avenue. Paul was with us when we were at the Dartmouth Inn doing services in the hotel. And we had the praise team up there, and we were sitting down. And then we went up, and the praise team came down, and we preached to them. That was virtually what it was. I mean, and it was a room, I, I mean, not very big. Not very big at all, but we did it. We thought it was great. We didn't despise small beginnings. We did not. I mean, all we could see was we used our eye of faith, and we said, yep, we're going to have a big church, and you know, we're going to have so many things. And then people came into our lives. God brought people into our lives. That, well, George Moss. How many of you know George Moss? Have been in George Moss's services? Well, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a prophet. He's, a, he's everything. <laughs> He was. I mean, he's kind of getting old now. I don't think he goes about preaching anymore. But, you know, he brought us, every year he came to our church. He lived in Oklahoma in Tulsa. He was a Rama grad. As a matter of fact, I think he went to Bible school with Vince Pravado back in 78 or something like that. <laughs> Anyways, he came every year. And he thought we really needed help. <laughs> But, you know, he was our papa. Yeah. He was our papa. He would call. He would call Gary. It would just be right at the right time. Ever have anybody call you? You know, when you say, oh, God, I need your help. Like, God, you know, I need money. Or I need something. And then, blah, oh, right away, something happens. Somebody calls you. Somebody gives you what you need. Yeah, but it's God. That's God, right? Yeah. Well, George was one of those people. He knew just when to call. One time he called, he said, whatever you're doing, just clean house. So we had somebody come from another church, and, you know, anyway, some things weren't good, whatever. But George knew them, and, you know, and we were like, well, clean house. <laughs> anyway, we did what he said, and sure enough, you know, we needed to do that. When people invite you over to their house and uh, after church and take your sermon that they've transcribed <laughs> point for point and then go down point for point, shouldn't have said this, shouldn't have done that, da 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 da. I mean, you know, we think, what are we doing here? You know? And then George calls. And so we told him, he said, yep, that's it. You know, and then somebody else, there was something else that happened. And um, we were uh, associated with FCF, Faith Christian Fellowship, with uh, Buddy Harrison and Pat Harrison. That's where we got ordained. And uh, 
So there was a person in our congregation that just didn't like the way we were saying things and, you know, called them up, let me tell you, down in Tulsa, called up Pat and Buddy. And, like, they were personal friends of ours. I mean, they weren't just, like, head of the ministry. You know, they were personal friends. <laughs> and they, and she just went off on us, right? And so, anyway, they told her what they thought and said, well, you need to go back to them and ask them to forgive you <laughs> for doing this, right? And then they immediately called us. So, I mean, you know, like along the way, there was good fruit and then there was bad fruit. But it doesn't matter. It all comes. Bad fruit and good fruit come. It rains on the rich and on the poor. Yeah. Right? Are, are you doing the will of God or you're not doing the good will of God? If bad stuff is happening to it, it doesn't mean that you're not doing the will of God. There's opposition. You have to learn to discern and hear God's voice and do what God says to do. Or pray and say, somebody call me, please let me know what to do. <laughs> I mean, you know, put it out there in the spirit. Anybody, anybody at all. <laughs> and Lord Wastowski, he was our first, the first president of FCF in, in Canada. And he was our first president so we he would call us all the time and you know he was he was an unusual character he's funny <laughs> he was a good guy you know pastor paul got filled with the holy ghost under him pastor carlo too it was a pastor carlo and dan murray at the same time it bounced <laughs> there was a bounce but you know what you can't look at life and say, this is the way it's going to be forever. No. And I'm not intimidated at all. You're a fine bunch of people right here. You're filled with the Holy Ghost. You've got the power of God inside of you. You're all dead, and your life is hid in Christ. Amen. Anybody not dead here? I'll kill you if you want to come up here. <laughs> No, it says in Galatians, you know, we're crucified with Christ. It's not us who live, but Christ who lives in us. You got to be dead to do this. You got to be dead to be a Christian. Amen. You got to go. You would have had to have to gone through the crucifixion with Christ, and not just the crucifixion. Did anybody know that He rose again? Do you know that He rose again? But not only did we get crucified with him, we got buried with him. <laughs> and then when he rose, the body of Christ rose. See, we're part of that body. We're all part. We're all joined together. We're brothers and sisters. We got the same Holy Spirit on the inside of us. The God of the universe on the inside of us. Jesus on the inside of us. On the inside, working on the outside. Amen? Sonny, but you're not going to change yourself, let me tell you. If you don't think you're good enough to be a Christian, or you know enough to be a Christian, or, you know, you got all your T's crossed and your I's dotted, don't matter. A person that gets saved today can be just as useful to God as somebody who has, you know, degrees and diplomas and 
whatever. <laughs> you got to know who you are. So, to find out who you are, <laughs> we'll get back to the scriptures. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Oh, I remember. Flooding you with light until you experience the full, everyone say full, oh. revelation of the hope, I think it's up there, of the hope of, of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us. He calls us his holy one. He calls us his holy ones. See, we don't have to try to be holy. We're holy. We accepted Jesus. We became righteous, and therefore we became holy. We're the holiness of God in Christ. I'll tell you, we got the whole package. I think some of you never opened the envelope yet. <laughs> to see all the what you have and what you can do. Come on. Well, the only way you can open up that envelope is do it. That's the only way the envelope gets opened. Joanne Bradford could sit up here at this piano, and she could just let her fingers run across the keyboard without pressing on them. And we wouldn't know what's in her. But she'd still be sitting there like she is all the time. I could sit there and do that. You'd think I was wonderful being able to play the piano. But you got to do it. You got to learn it. You got to read about it. You got to apply it to your life. If you don't do it, these are just words in a book, like any other book. This is living, see? This is alive. We got to get this in here. <laughs> All of it. Even the Old Testament. Well, there's a lot of good word in the Old Testament. You know, you might not have you might not have experienced it, but you know, everything God put in here, every book in the Bible has Jesus. It's Jesus. <laughs> you can find Jesus in every book of the Bible. That's what God was trying to do all these years was to get the pure. Seed, his seed, into the earth. And Jesus snuck in as a baby. <laughs> they were looking for the big king. Well, he was the big king, but he was a baby. He came in the same way we came into the earth. He had to become a man. He had to give up all, all of his glory to come to earth. To be like us. So, and then it says he experienced everything. Everything that we experience. It doesn't matter what it is. You, say, well, I don't, you know, mine is bad. Uh, this is an unusual situation. God has never dealt with a situation like mine before. That's, duh. I mean, that's where our mind goes, right? I mean, how can God deal with this? He's not in my body. He doesn't know how I feel. Well, yes, he does. Jesus experienced it. Jesus is uh, part of the Godhead, you know. 
Father, Son, Jesus, and Holy Ghost? Who hung on the tree? All of sicknesses, all of sicknesses ever named went to his body. 39 different medical conditions, whatever. I don't know what they all are, but they're every sickness you can think of. Jesus took it. He took whatever you are experiencing in your body that's not of God. He took it. He shed his blood. And then he took his blood. He didn't just shed his blood and it fell to the ground, fell off his body and onto the ground. No. He took it (laughs) to the Holy of Holies, to the mercy seat. He's propitiation. Do you remember that word? Propitiation. (laughs) The mercy seat. That's where you go to meet God. That's where we go to meet God when we're here in praise and worship. Think about it, you're going into his throne room. We're going right to the mercy, where the mercy seat is. And that's always before him. The blood is always before him. So whenever anything happens, you plead the blood. When they say you're guilty of this, you should be ashamed of that. Oh, I mean, how much did you hear that when you were growing up? You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Okay, I'm ashamed of myself. (laughs) No, but I mean, you know, grow up and then you're inferior and you don't know, you don't think you can do anything. You've been criticized all your life. But see, we forgot that we had Jesus as our advocate. Right? The blood. The blood is the witness. The blood on the mercy seat is the witness of who you are. It doesn't matter about anything else. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let him be Lord and Savior. You know? Well, so what? If you mess up, well, you repent and go on. Right? Admit it. And then forget it. Receive forgiveness from God. Don't let it come up in your thoughts anymore. No, no, God forgave me for that. He forgave me. It's under the blood. It's in the blood. I plead the blood. <laughs> I'm innocent. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, <laughs> I keep getting off of this. <laughs> Flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Wow. Continually experience the immeasurable greatness. You can't measure it. You, you can't. It's like, okay, I've used it all. No, you don't. The more you use, the more it comes for whatever you need, whenever you need it. Some of us need it more than others. <laughs> Some of us have been battered and bruised through life. The world, the devil ourselves, you know, our thought life, how we think about ourselves is so important. 
then your lives will be, <laughs> okay, the greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then, say then, Amen. your lives will be, ah, drum roll, an advertisement, advertisement, I mean, of his immense power. You'll be an advertisement of his immense power. His immense power. Do you know what? The, the, the power it took to raise Jesus from the dead, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it's all the power of heaven and earth. There's, there's no power. There's no power. That same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. But do we act like that? I mean, it should boil us over backwards. I mean, it's so powerful. I mean, it's the power that takes mountains down and casts them into the sea. It's the power that heals your body. Come on. Immeasurable. It's immeasurable. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Now, see there, that's the thing. <laughs> Gotta believe it. You can't just read about it. You got to say, thank you, God. That power is alive in me. It's alive in me. Because when Christ, when Jesus went to the cross, it, it, you know, he was the head, but we are the body. We were the body that went to the cross, okay? It was us. We were the bleeding body that went to the cross because that was God's family was in that body. Jesus had to do that or we would not have any, we, there would not be a body of Christ. When we say the body of Christ, we are just like a little tiny bit of it, but we are part of the body of Christ. I don't care if you're a hair, a follicle, a hair follicle or a nail. <laughs> And finger. I mean, you're part of the body of Christ. Your head in this body, you know, gives out uh, instructions to your body to secrete hormones and to get the blood flow and have the heart beat and have the veins and arteries. Uh, do you know what's going on in this body is you're just sitting there doing nothing? There's a whole universe inside of you. Oh, yeah. Honestly. He's made the universe. He's, you know, God doesn't make, I'll make this this way and this that way. No, he makes everything yeah. to run like that. You know, we may be going down, you know, in the body of Christ, we may be floating down a vein or something, you know? I mean, you got to think of it as a body, everything working together. That's why we have to work together, think together, be together. Sing together. When we come up here, uh, when the praise and worship comes up here, they have these songs and their words are there. And, and we're just like, uh, okay, I don't like singing, so I'm not going to sing. But hey, 
You're not just singing. You're making confessions. (laughs) And we're making them together. Everyone said together. That we are one voice together. Singing forth the praises of God. It's not just getting, oh, I got to get, I'll get there after the music. Well, you've missed half the service. If you're coming in late, you miss half the service. Half the service. Because that's, that's, that's what's plowing the fallow ground that's in us that we've been out in the world all week and we've been rubbing shoulders with the world and listening to cnn or doing stuff that we shouldn't be doing don't listen to the news (laughs) whatever you do (laughs) just keep your eyes keep your eyes on the prize it's focused above on the things of god you know that's where we need to be i mean like i'm saying this is not you know, I said, oh, I'm going to go to church today. I don't know. I don't think I'll go today. I mean, it's, you know, sometimes you got to just go. Just go. I mean, there are reasons. There are reasons that you don't come. And, and they're valid reasons. But if you can get here. Pastor Gary was ready to crawl this morning. Because he did not want to miss another service. But, you know, I said, you know, you're going through a process right here. Your body is being healed. You know, the doctors have given him special meds that he has to take. And they're not nice, (laughs) those medications. We pray against those side effects. But, you know, middle of the month, he's finished. Right? I said, just just go with the process. You know, just let it happen. And, you know, at at the middle of the month... You can, well, they'll be all gone then, you know? So we got to be patient. (laughs) He'll be back, I'll tell you. He'll be back stronger than before, better than before. Because we're getting on a new path. I mean, I have no idea. I know we're going to a new building. Um, It's in a new neighborhood. And it's going to seem strange at the beginning, but get excited because it's new. It's a new thing. A new thing. We didn't know how long we were going to be here. We thought we were going to be here a few months. Then COVID and then all that stuff happened. And, you know, I mean, we just have to rejoice. We're going to preach the gospel. I don't care if there's two or three on the front row. We're going to continue. That was our MO at the beginning. It'll be our MO now. But I know you guys are faithful. You are the holy ones. I'm going to shut up here now. (laughs) Today is Palm Sunday. Did you know that? You all knew that. Gary told me that. I think that's what, maybe I should read his scriptures to make sure. (laughs) I'm doing what he wants. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Here we go. Malachi 2.13. Oh, we know. Yeah. This was the day, Palm Sunday, when Jesus, I did want to bring this up, was riding into Jerusalem. The word was riding into Jerusalem. The living word was riding into Jerusalem. And they and they were, you know, all of the people that were in his gatherings who had gotten healed, and they were worshiping him, and they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. It was wonderful. He was just sitting on the coat. He was fulfilling scripture. And and here's the thing. The, a week later, 
What were they saying? Crucify him! Crucify him! See, they did not have that revelation. They didn't have a revelation of who he was. He was trying to impart it to them, but it didn't get imparted until, you know, then the crucifixion. We'll talk about that next week, I guess. <laughs> On Friday, we're having our service at uh, 10.30 in the morning. Uh, on Good Friday, and we're having communion that day. You think? <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah, we'll have communion. And then Easter Sunday, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll have our service here, right? But, but so then a week later, here is, you know, they're saying crucify him, crucify him. See, we don't want to be like that in the body of Christ. One day we're saying Hosanna, the next day we're saying crucify him. I deny you, Jesus, really, what you're saying. I don't believe you're the son of God. But see, we can't be fickle. No wavering. We know who we are. We know who he is and what we have and what we can do. So we just have to get out there and do it. All right? Okay. Malachi 2.13, I think it's the King James. I shall most cer certainly assemble all of you, O Jacob. I shall surely gather the remnant of Israel. I shall bring them together like sheep in the fold, multiplying the nation, like a flock in the midst of its pasture. The place will swarm with many people and hum loudly with noise. The breaker, the Messiah who opens the way, shall go up before them, liberating them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out. So their king goes on before them, the Lord at their head. Malachi 2.13. Is that the one? Yes, it is. It's the same one. So the Lord is going before us at our head he's going before us we have to believe that he's in the lead amen he's leading us into those places uh, that he has for us and he said in the word that pastor gary again that gave that we are already prepared he's already prepared us showed us you know what we are to do lay hands on the sick <laughs> Amen. And they will recover. You know, bring salvation to people. Preach the gospel to anyone who will listen. You know, and I think it's about being a bit bolder, too. To just add a little bit of more boldness. Even just a little bit. Add a little more to your giving. The more you... you the more you... Uh, accelerate in the kingdom of God, more to your giving, more to your praise and worship, more to your attendance, more to your, you know, whatever you're doing for God. If you're not doing anything, do something. I don't care. Get a broom, get a vacuum, come and vacuum the floor. I don't care what it is. I mean, it's just doing something, you know? And then if you feel like, you're, you know, you're doing a lot, do some more. <laughs> That's what Paul does. He just does more and more and more. <laughs> He's unlimited. unlimited. <laughs> this is Paul unlimited. I think let's just give him a round of applause because he's just done so much. Yeah. Woohoo! 
You're all that. All that. All that. <laughs> More. <laughs> yeah. There's a vacation in store. Thus saith the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, we thank you today. We thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, that you're equipping us. You have equipped us. You've endued us with power from on high by the Holy Ghost. And, Lord, that you have given us everything we need to be what you've called us to be. And we're not proud and arrogant about that, Lord. We're humble about that. Because, God, in our own selves, we know we can't. We can only do all things through Christ, through Christ, which strengthens us. So we rely on all those good things. We acknowledge all those good things that are in us, in Christ, who he is. You made us in your image, Father, and you're changing us from glory to glory into the image of Jesus. And Lord, we know when we, you know, we're going to get our glorified bodies when we come to heaven when we get raptured out of here, or if we die and go to heaven before that, we're going to have glorified bodies. And so we're looking forward to being with you forever and ever. Hallelujah. This is not the end. And God, we thank you that you are making roads, roads in the wilderness. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. And rivers in the desert. All those dry places, God. And I thank you, God, for bringing people across our paths that we can minister to them, that we can minister life to them, that we can tell them about you, God. Because you are so great. Great is our God. And your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Say it with me. Great is our God. And his mercy endures forever. Say it again. Great is our God. And his mercy endures forever. One more time, louder. Great is our God. And his mercy endures forever. Ha, 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 ha. Woo! Hallelujah, hallelujah. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.